Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. Join us as our host and fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden, discusses topics beneficial to businesses of all industries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I'm your host, Tim Hayden, and I say this about every month, but I'm, uh, I am excited to have um, the chief instructor of Carolina Wings and Rotors, uh, Eli Stoudemire. I think I said that correctly. You taught me to say it that way. So, uh, Eli, welcome. And hey, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, so I'm super glad to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me on Big Ideas for Small Businesses. Um, so I'm the chief instructor at uh, Carolina Wings and Rotors, which is a uh, flight school in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, we do fixed, fixed wing and rotor wing training, uh, which is helicopters and airplanes. Um and uh yeah i've been a pilot for about uh it'll be three well my i took my first lesson three years ago from next week so that's uh coming up on three years of being in airplanes so um but yeah i got a i got a big family got nine people in my family with a couple more joining we got some sister-in-laws and nieces and nephews i got a big family and um yeah and I did, yeah. and I, I'm Tim's instructor. Uh, you, you indeed are my instructor. I recently got my private pilot's license, and Eli helped me to do that. Um, hey, so Eli, um, and you and I know we love to have fun. We, we want to keep this professional because it's our podcast. But um, hey, are you are you interested? Uh, are are you interested in letting our our audience know? Hey, where you are in life as far as age and all? Because I think it's I think it's important. Um, you know, if if not. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me we'll move on so yeah tim says that i'm a little bit weird about saying my age but that's fine i'm I'm 20 years old um most people when i tell them that don't really like crawling into an airplane after afterwards because they think you know i should be at college partying or whatever um but yeah so i'm 20 years old i started flying when i was 17 and that's how long i've been in it yeah and hey so for our listeners Eli mentally is 49 years old. So, um, and I just and he turned I, mentally, I was 48 last year. I just turned 49 this year. Yeah. Mentally, he turned 49, uh, this year. So, and hey, he's a great pilot. Hey, how many hours do you have, Eli, as far as flying right now, roughly? Uh, roughly 1,200. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of hours. So, you know, from someone that's got, and I got about 130 just in comparison. And for our listeners, we'll try not to be too geeky and talk too much about aviation, but it is a really cool sport. Uh, not hey, sport. It is a career. That's exactly right. So, so it is really cool. I have really enjoyed getting to learn uh, about aviation. Hey, so um, you know, not saying this has been a series, but last month we had uh, Adam Kring on. He talked about um, uh, you know, hey, starting a business, being a business owner, and uh, Eli. I like to say, you know, as far as business owners, and he may be a business owner one day. Uh, but I want to talk about um, self-employed. Hey, so Eli, for you, you're a self-employed um, uh, person. How did you get where you are today? Um, so basically, when, when you say self-employed, I kind of think like legally, what does that mean? So I'm a 1099 employee. Most people are on a salary, which means W-2. Um, and all that means is I'm an independent contractor. So I was hired by this flight school um, kind of to, I mean, the biggest thing is just to fly their airplanes and teach out of their airplanes as an independent contractor. I teach what I teach. I don't have a syllabus from them. Um, or like they don't make my schedule. So it's just however much I do that week, that's how much um, I get paid just as an independent contractor. And I do that for Carolina Wings and Rotors. And I also do that for like myself. If somebody 
has their own airplane and I go do training in them, then technically that's just kind of my own thing. Um, so that's pretty standard in, in aviation. Most instructors are going to be 1099, um, self-employed, and um, some will be W-2 where they're salaried, but that's not as common just because it really just depends on how much you're flying, how much how much revenue you're bringing into the school. Okay. Um, so, hey, so as a 1099 employee and for our you know, listeners are primarily, hey, this is set up for business owners and business leaders. So, but if they don't know what a 1099 person employee is for you, you know, hey, what does that require for you as compared to if you were a W-2? I, I understand the yeah. difference between the two, but hey, just just a quick little review so so people can understand it. And what are, and, and I think uh, in, in addition to that, you know, what's the difference between a business, between being a business owner and being self-employed? Yeah, so a business owner, in my mind, um, owns an entity that makes money, right? But I am the entity that makes money. So like an LLC, um, you can own an LLC for like lawn mowing, say that you do landscaping. And that company is what makes the money and you own that company and probably run that company. But as someone who's self-employed, you do that stuff yourself. So like I only make money when I work and I, um, that would be like a carpenter, say a carpenter, you know, just goes and does jobs on his, um, as his, as his primary thing. And so that would be somebody that's also self-employed. That's 1099. Basically what that means is I don't get paid by somebody above me. I get paid by clients that I have, but I'm not an LLC, although LLCs and I believe escorts are also 1099. Um, so it's just where are you getting your money from? Are you getting paid by someone above you or are you getting paid by clients? Okay. So, but like, but like yeah, but with the, so, so for our listeners with the 1099 and we'll keep this brief with the 1099, are you, I know the, I think I know the answer. Are you responsible for all of your expenses? So yes. as compared to a W2 person, you know, hey, they don't, they're, they're, the business pays taxes and if it's expenses or whatever, yep. but if you're 1099, you have to pay your own taxes. You have to pay your expenses, yep. et cetera. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So that's something that I can do as a 1099 employee. Number one, I have to save for taxes. So I put aside, uh, I have the standard tax, which is about 15%. And I have self-employment tax, which is another 15%. So I put aside about 30% of everything I make and my savings account every year. And then at the end of the year, um, I will send to my accountant my uh, total revenue, which I'll get in the 1099 form from my con- from the people that uh, contracted me, um, and I'll send that to them. And I will also send, um, uh, let's see, my write-offs, so I can write stuff off as a 1099 employee. W-2s, W-2 employees can't write anything off, and what basically what that means is I'm spending the money that I make on my business. So I have a, a headset and our uh, aviation headsets are very expensive, about $1,000. And so I spend the money that I make, I use on a, a buying a, a headset so that I can hear better in the airplane. Um, and then that money, I don't have to pay taxes on. So those, that $1,000, I don't have to. Um, that's, that's a privilege that I have as a 1099 employee. I also get taxed more as a 1099 employee and, um, or I shouldn't say employee, but 1099 employer because I'm self-employed. Yeah. Um, and then, so write-offs, I save for taxes, and I get taxed a little bit more. 
but it kind of evens out because I can write off as well. So it's about the same. Okay. So, so in another way to say what you said is, is like the expenses that you're incur as a self-employed person, you can write those off as compared to if you're a W-2 person, you, the business can write them off, but you can't write them off personally. You can write all this stuff off personally. So, so there's yeah. some benefits. So to your point, at the end of the day, all that stuff pretty much levels itself out. So it's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, so do you feel like um, as a self-employed individual, do you feel like you work for the company, you know, Carolina Winston Rotors? Do you feel like you work for them or do you feel like you're more of a partner with them? I'm, I'm definitely more of a partner. Um, I They kind of hired me to make them not have to think about it. So, like, I just come in, I do all the scheduling and the syllabus and the training, and I just let them know hey, your airplane needs this. And, you know, the the one of the lights went out or something like that, which Tim was really good at finding, you know, maybe a landing light went out. And then that, that's, so I tell them that's kind of what they do. But their whole thing is like, you just take the flight school, do with it what you want, teach what you want. We're not going to tell you to do any of that. Just make it, um, make it an asset. And that's, that's basically what it was. So um, I'm definitely more of a partner, I'd, I'd say. Okay. Do you feel like as a business owner, like I'm blessed that I am, do you feel, I mean, does it feel different as being self-employed? Do you feel oh, the yeah. weight? Do you feel the weight of, man, you, hey, you yes. need, you need clients, you need, you know, and, and because you're setting your own destiny, whether if you're going to have, because you get paid for every hour that you are contracted to do something. So does, does that feel different than if you worked as a W2 employee? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I'd say, and I'd, I'd use an a- analogy because I, I feel like this sometimes, but if I don't work, I don't make money and it's not yeah. like being on a salary. And I feel like if you kind of put it in terms of a car, it's you're always in, you know, first gear. Right. And as someone that's self-employed, I don't have any employees underneath me. Um, I'm always in first gear. The second I take my foot off the pedal, I start to slow down. Right. So if I'm one of my foot's on the pedal, I'm making money. I'm working. When I stop working, say I take a vacation. That whole week, I won't make anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas the W two employee, they kind of they might be in first gear, but they're in cruise control. So they they take their foot off the pedal for a little bit to kind of readjust, you know, and go on vacation. They're still getting paid for that week. Now, I mean, there are exceptions. Maybe I mean, you can only take so many vacations as a W two employee. But like, I didn't even let my bosses know I was on vacation. Well, I let one of them know, but I didn't let you know all of them know until I was actually on vacation. You know, I don't have to give them notice for that. Um, but I, um, that's, that's kind of, if I take my foot off the gas, I'm not making money anymore. And so there is always that pressure because it's like this check this week is completely dependent on how hard I work, how many students I can fly with and how happy our customers are basically. Mm -hmm. And I think so. So as a, um, as a self-employed person, what you're getting paid per hour is that greater than if you were a W-2 employee that the company is taking out taxes and insurance or whatever that may be? Okay. Um, is I mean, so typically, are you getting paid more? And and I've got a follow-up question, and I, I this is not about what you're making, but just in general, you know, do you make more per hour as a 1099 employee, but knowing you've got to pay I mean, you've got to pay. You, you you said that you set thirty percent aside for taxes. Yeah. A W two employee, you know, the, the the company is doing that. So you've got to be very, you got to be very, you got to make sure you stay on top of your uh, 
how much you're working. And to your point, if you're not if you're not working, you're not making money. So yeah, you've got to you've got to make that because you but you've also got responsibility of that a W two. If someone works for for us to charge a metal, they don't have to think they don't even think about that because we're taking care of all the taxes and all the insurance yeah. and expenses and you know um, you know whatever that may be. You know hey um, you know hey workman's comp insurance and stuff like that. All of that is on your shoulders. I think the it I can understand that you said. I mean, why it does it is heavy. I mean, you know the the weight of it is heavier than what it would be with the W two. But I think sure. the but hopefully for you and for anybody that's doing a ten ninety nine, the benefits there are going to outweigh the expense. So you're hopefully you can make more money, and you you may have a week you work fifty or sixty or seventy hours that you choose to do that because you're getting a return on that as compared to um, if you're a W two. You can still make work six or seventy hours and get paid overtime over forty, you know. But you still may not make what you can make the other side. So, so there's pros and cons to both. So does that make sense? What yeah, I'm saying? I, I, I'd say that um, a 1099 employee, I, I definitely think it's better. I think the best thing is I make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's like, listen, you know, my something came up with my family, I need to take Friday, Saturday off. I can do that. Um, but also, it's like if I need overtime. Um, as long as this, the client availability is there, I can do it. Now, sometimes I will be hindered by the clients where it's like people just aren't wanting to fly um, or it's rainy or something like that. So there's weather there now. And, and, and I'll say kind of your question was, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that do will a 1099 employee, even with the added taxes and um, uh, well, having to save up and then and, and write offs as well, will they make more money than a W-2 employee generally? My answer would be yes, not, I would say aviation is probably an exception just because like the hours worked don't always, always match with the hours build. Um, like if you're, you know, pulling the plane um, before the, before the day starts pulling the plane up to get it fueled up. Like that's sometimes I do that and that's not something I'm getting paid for. Or sometimes I have cancellations uh, because of weather or maintenance or something like that. I'm not guaranteed 40 hours a week. Now, if you are guaranteed 40 hours a week, I 100% believe you will make more than someone who's W-2 um, because you have write-offs at your advantage. Um, and that's just, I mean, you can find a lot of stuff that if you can find a way to use it in your business, then you can write it off, you know. And to, to be legal, you don't want to write anything off that you're not using in your business. But my computer, I only used to use for schoolwork. But now, essentially, my business has bought it my self-employed business has bought it from my personal life. I only ever use it for business now. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, something that in, in theory, someone could write off. Um, but I, I would say, yeah, in, in theory, you should be able to instructions a little bit different just because we have a lot of stuff outside of our control, like weather and maintenance, but in theory, yeah, I would say in generally it is. Okay. And I think in for our listeners that, they may be. They may know more, more about this than you and I do, or maybe they're rookies. They've never. Yeah. They've never heard of it before, from the business perspective. So, like from from you know from from my perspective in our business, you know there may be some some cases that you know what we're better off to have somebody. And we we, we I can't think off the top of my head. We have any ten nine nine employees, but there could be an exception that there may be a, a a reason that maybe we've got a short term job that we've got a real high end welding. Uh, requirement. We just get a guy to come in or a gal come in and weld for a while and we pay them, you know, so much per hour, but it's going to be greater than what we would pay someone that's on a, a W-2 and they're taking care of all that. So I think that there's, yeah. there's, there can be a benefit to the business as well, you know, depending on where you are. But I think that, and it's not right or wrong. It's just what fits 
what fits the, you know, the, if you're self-employed, what fits for you or maybe what fits for the business. And the cool thing, you could have some of both if you want to in your business, you know, mm-hmm. and you like if you want it, to. It, yeah. Sergeant Metal, the, the people that mow your grass, they're 1099. Mm-hmm. You pay them and, and that's, that's exactly right. That's and the, you are exactly the, correct yeah. that you're we do. You're exactly right. Such a good example. Yeah. Hey, so um hey Elala, thanks for the uh uh over the quick review for that, uh with uh the difference between self employed and business owner, because I think it's important. Hey, um uh one thing that I have uh I've got an appreciation of and and one of our uh strategic anchors at Sergeant Metal, uh, you know, we've got core values and strate- strategic anchors is that we want to follow process with ruthless attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So one thing that, um, hey, you want to talk a little bit about um, about um, uh, process and, and uh, your thoughts on process when it comes to aviation? And I'll give you my thoughts, but, but I want to open that up because you know, uh, with you being a, with you being a, a, chief, uh, a uh, certified flight instructor. Chief instructor, as I like to call You almost it. said certified chief flight instructor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so process is, as you know, very important in aviation, and everything has an order. This comes first, and then this, and then this, and while all that's happening, you need to be monitoring this, and it's very, I mean, the the steps that that happen in aviation are very sensical, and that, like, you know, it all makes sense when you think about it, but looking at it kind of outside in, it's like, what in the world are they talking about, you know? Um, just like flying an airplane, you know, like when do you put the flaps in and, you know, I don't want to get too technical or nerdy or anything, but as you know, Tim, it's, everything is power and flaps and control movements and direction and heading and all that stuff. So as well as, I mean, just the checklist that we have in the airplane, we have a checklist to pre-flight the airplane. We have a checklist to start it, to taxi, to take off, to land. I mean, there's, it's normal to us but really if you think about it there's no checklist in your car you know that that you have when you go to start it up and there's no checklist um if if you're i don't know well i guess you do make lists when you go to the grocery store or something like that but it's very procedural and everything kind of comes in in order one after the other and that's the same in the airplane and outside of the airplane in aviation like as you know you had a list of requirements that you had to knock out to become a private pilot and before we could even call an examiner we had to get all those requirements done and you had a list of knowledge that you had to learn and uh, experience you had to have and stuff that you had to do in the airplane Um, so I think procedures I mean we live and die by procedures in aviation the people that that die in aviation are the ones that don't use checklists are the ones that think that you know they got it and they kind of feel like it's it's useless and then they forgot to check the gas and now they've um now they're in the air and they're starting to run out of gas and they don't know what to do that's the biggest thing because i mean that's 90 90 of aviation accidents are fuel related so um ch- procedures are so big and and checklists are so big in aviation in every aspect of it inside and outside the airplane and i'll, I'll say that um and even with our team at work I have such an appreciation for um, processes, especially with aviation, because they're, I mean, ultimately, uh, and if you look, the way that that I like to look at it, and and please give your feedback, the amount of airplanes that are flying in the air every day is unbelievable. 
And if you look at the amount of accidents they have, they are so, so, so small yep. because everything is process driven. So I've just got such an appreciation of, you know, hey, in, in, at, in our business at Target Metal, you know, we've got to follow processes with ruthless attention to detail. You know, hey, mm -hmm. if we got to make this widget, we've got to go through this process and this process and this process to do it. And, you know, sometimes if people try to deviate from that, we don't come out with the, you know, with the outcome we want if yeah. we don't follow process. With uh, aviation, it is very black and white. And that, yep. and you know, some of some of the requirements even today are something that are fifty or sixty years old that haven't changed yet because technology's changed. But there's a purpose that they have. They've got to prove that these things work. You know, when you we look at navigation, you know, VORs, which is sorry, I'm getting geeky here for a minute, but um, which Eli still got to teach me some more about that. But um, that was a that was a system that's been in place for a long, long time. That now. You know, in 2023, I think it's in 24. Some of those will no longer be in existence. Is that right, mm -hmm. uh, Eli? Well, I think there's, yeah, they're going to, they're going to start taking them away. They're going to start not servicing them anymore and letting them break. You know, but, but that used to be the way that it did. So it's, ta it takes a long time in aviation for processes to be changed. So I've got an appreciation and, and even at work, you know, we've been, um, uh, the military, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking to some folks about potentially doing a little bit of military work. Work When it comes to that, like if you have a drawing that you've got to make something by, that drawing can't be changed. It has to be to that drawing, to that specification. Yeah. Yep. So I think and, – and I think that while the government does a lot of things that I, that I'm que I question, <laughs> when it comes to aviation and it comes to even the military, it is a, a process-driven organization, and I, and I have – I have such an appreciation for that because process, following process is so important. And in aviation, if you're flying passengers, you've got a huge responsibility on your shoulders. And you know what? Yeah. You, you know, you can't, Yeah, you know, you, I mean, it could be life or death. I mean, it is a huge, yeah. huge, huge responsibility. And there's a guy at, at the Anderson airport, you know, and we're in Anderson, South Carolina that just celebrated, I think it was last year, 50 years in aviation. So um and he still flies now um you know maybe not as much so i have 50 years in aviation with no accidents yeah yes that thank thank you for adding that super important stat yeah, yeah so so it is a it is a big deal anything else you want to say about um uh process because it is so important yeah and i think i told you this that um we have a regulations book where it's what we what we need to do to become pilots and then once we are pilots how we operate equipment and and how we um fly in airspace and uh, determine weather and stuff like that and that's called the far aim mm -hmm. and when i was teaching you how to read that part 91 of that regulations book is what you can and can't do as a pilot and if you read that in aviation there's a reason for every single rule and every single process as you say it's it's not just there because it you know looks good or whatever it's if you read the 91 from a different perspective of not what can I, what can I do? What can't I do? But you read it from why do they write the rules this way? Every single regulation in part 91 can be determined from someone died or almost died from this. Mm. And so they changed it to, you know, what, what, what's a better way of having this. They changed it from people going too fast and congested areas and because someone could, could die. Or from, 
you operating equipment under the influence of alcohol or drugs because someone could probably did and probably still will die from doing that and but i mean there's not only is process great because consistency is great but the reason the process is there is because it's safer and it produces better outcomes mm -hmm. that's good i mean and if you in aviation and i'll sound geeky for a minute hey the, when you talk on the radio everyone talks the same way mm -hmm. that process is you know it is very consistent and you've got and, and if you're up flying an airplane you've got to be very you've got to be very aware with of traffic around you but also you you say in those radio calls we're not going to sit and say hey eli how you doing a piece in a different plane i'm in a plane you know we may do that for 10 seconds but we're we're but we are we are focused on flying the airplane making sure we got passengers with us that we're protected so process is a is a, a big big deal for our listeners that are um listening if, you, if you've got a business and if you are kind of fly by the seat of your pants person, I would just challenge you to maybe slow down and look and see if you're not following processes, why not? And if you need to put mm -hmm. processes in place to make your business better, slow down, not suggesting that you go look at the far end because it is a very thick book <laughs> with a yeah. lot of information. But I think that, but there's, there's something to be learned here. So I think, you know, process is so important and I've got, you know, I've always had an appreciation for it. I got such an appreciation for it, you know, because I started flying last year. And uh, and there's so many similarities and how you can, you know, I, how what I've learned with aviation process and how we make sure, we need to make sure in our businesses that we're doing the same thing. Uh, I understand, agree. Yeah. All right. Hey, Eli, um, as we start to, uh, no pun intended, land the plane on our podcast today. <laughs> I think that pun was intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was, maybe the pun was intended today. Hey, uh, any thoughts for our listeners that because we really we really talked about two topics today. We talked about uh, self-employed and business owner, and we also talked a little bit about process. So from your yeah. from your uh, mentally forty-nine year old um, perspective, um, any any final thoughts? Um, I think uh, processes are very very important. I think um, in aviation we use it a lot. I think in the business world, being self-employed is uh, I, I would say it definitely has its advantages to W2, just in the fact that you can write stuff off and you get to make your own schedule. Um, I will say, I mean, I don't own an LLC right now, and we talked about that briefly. Um, and it's Sergeant Metal's a corporation, isn't it? It is a, yeah, it is a S corp. It was a C corp. It was a C corp from 75 to 2020. And then we, um, it became an S corp in 2020. So, yep. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's something that, I definitely look at doing in the future, um, depending on just the size. As you do get bigger, you need to move from self-employment to LLC. Um, yeah. So, and that's yeah. that's what it's designed for. And then to escort when you're even bigger than that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, but anyway, um, that that makes sense. Hey, Eli, if um if someone's listened to our podcast, you know, don't know where they may be, but if they're interested in in because you are a great. Um, pilot and a great instructor if they'd like to get in contact with you what's the best way for them to do that hey go to our website carolinawingsandrotors.com and you'll see uh, more information about flying and what you want to fly our fleet our staff location price all that stuff and then that also has our contact information on it if you decide you want to go further than that so carolinawingsandrotors.com carolinawingsandrotors.com that sounds good all right. Hey, Eli, thanks for being um, being on our podcast. You and I have been talking about this for a long time. For our listeners, thanks for 
uh, being with us. Take care and God bless. If you would like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We will be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that will get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month.